Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. I am your host, Dr. Matt Townsend, your coach, your guide on the side. And today, my friends, we are taking a journey to Greece. One of my favorite guests is on the show. Uh, Alex Patakos is going to be joining us. He is the author of the book, The Opa, Opa Way. He taught me how to say it last time, and I think I'm just massacring it. But he is um, he's going to be on the show, and he's got a ton of great information and just an incredibly wonderful spirit. So we're going to be talking to him today about giving life meaning. Right? Do, do, do you feel like your life has meaning? Sean O'Neill. Yeah. Good. James. Opa! Of course. That's, that was the correct answer, right? Because if your life has meaning, you can drive... I can try every even light, if my life doesn't happen. Stop at every light from here to Salt Lake City. And? And you still are okay with life. You can do it. But if your life doesn't have meaning, you want to drive someone off the road doing that. So does your life have meaning, Matt? Well, it did. And then it didn't. Until... And then it does again. <laughs> but now, now it does. It, it does. So my life has meaning. But we've got – and by the way, meaning is created – you know, it's not just you don't just find it in a hole. You know, you don't dig and have some troll hand you your meaning, James. That's not how it works. No. Okay. You have to create it. You have to understand yourself. And that's what our wonderful guest today, Alex Patakos, is going to talk about. The Opa Way. Is that a street? Opa no, Way? It's just a way. It's the Greek way. Oh. What a culture. The Greeks yeah, one, have such depth. One letter in there and you get a whole different thing, the Oprah way. I know. Or, yeah. And add an H if we want to spell it correctly. But eh, we're not doing that. We don't have to spell it. Hey, uh, on the show today, we've got that going on. Hank Smith's going to be coming in teaching us about, you know, how to, how to get some results with our kids. He's a, he's a kid result expert. <laughs> That's the technical It's term. like a dog trainer, <laughs> but in a good way. The teen whisperer? We, yeah. He's, he is one of our teen whisperers. And um, just a lot of good stuff. We're going to talk about some headlines, though, right now. Apparently, mm-hmm. somebody hasn't even heard. I mean, people haven't even heard. But there's a snowstorm. Well, there was well, it blanketed. a snowstorm. Well, there's still a storm of snow. In Buffalo. In Buffalo. That's true. They've, they're in trouble. Oh, yeah. Because they're getting more. Actually, yeah. They've had more snow in this last storm than they usually get all year. Uh, That is true, actually. Most people in Buffalo are saying that. Uh, So up to six feet of snow has covered Buffalo. Wow. I mean, I I actually saw a picture of a car. I don't know how they got the car out of the snow. First of all, they must have shoveled it out. But they left all the snow on top of the car. (laughs) The car was driving down the street. It's going to tip over. With a six-foot bank of snow on top of the car. Jeez. That's cool, though. Wait till he stops at a light. (laughs) All that snow. That's what he's hoping. And then they're snowed in again. I know. You're going to have to dig it out after you hit the brakes on the car. But it's a big deal. In fact, I heard, I just heard. But how do you deal with life when when you've got, you open the door and you can't walk out of your house Mm. Because of all the snow. Snow day. 
Oh, well, there is that, too. Those are my favorite days in, in elementary school. Because I was, I don't know, I don't know if I've told you guys this, but I, I went to a special school with gifted children. Yep. <laughs> uh, at least that's what they told me. And um, Yeah. But I, you know, because we were from all over Salt Lake City, if there was snow, like three or four or five, six inches, mm-hmm. snow day, snow day, canceled everything. Snow day. That's where I learned the power of fasting and praying. Because the night of a snowstorm, I'd be like, please. Please, I don't want to go to school. Snow day. Please, I don't want to take that test tomorrow. I know. And my mom would hate it because she had to go to work. So then she oh, yeah. had to leave me alone. Exactly. That's huh. great until you have school on a Saturday. Ooh. No. Yeah, we didn't do that. Mm-hmm. That'd be awful. Back then, they didn't care about your grades or your <laughs> <laughs> learning. But, I mean, you've got emergency vehicles that you know, fire trucks can't leave their station because they're snowed in. That's crazy. It is. I mean, and by the way, we in Utah, we get a lot of snow. So we usually say, oh, come on. Come on. Oh, no. But we don't get this much, Six though. feet of snow. No, six it's feet. That's I've taller never... than Matt. That's, I know. That's, I am. I'm 5'11". Mm-hmm. That's why I would die. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, on the serious side of this, eight people have died because of this. Not 10 now, I heard. Really? It's going on. Is it up to that? Wow. They found two more. Four, and... four who suffered cardiac arrest <sighs> while they were shoveling I know. snow. I know. That's why you don't shovel. Mm-hmm. You just sit. Because they're supposed to, it's supposed to warm up a little bit, which will cause floodings. Well, I thought they were getting more, uh, like another two feet of snow today. Probably, yeah. That'll really pack in, and then it's going to warm up, and then people are. Then we're just going to watch videos of everything mm-hmm. f- flowing downstream. They've rescheduled the National Football League game that was supposed to be taking place in Buffalo. They're, I heard they were looking for a place. Are they still? Actually, I just saw uh, they're going to reschedule it and relocate. As part of the week twelve of the season. Okay, can so. I can I make a proposition? What I will propose, we play it here at uh, Lavelle Edwards Stadium. I agree. For BYU, at BYU That's a great on idea. our campus, I think it would be awesome. I wow. think we're we're expecting a little snow this weekend, a little storm, I think, but nothing that the Jets and the Bills can't handle. Mm-hmm. Come on uh, in. They're also worried about. Uh, roofs caving in because of the weight of the snow on all of the houses. Oh, definitely. Um, that's a big concern. Uh, the governor is, wor- is worried big time about all that sort of stuff. Oh, sure. So You know what they need? I don't know. Opa! Well, they need the Opa way. They do need some, uh, you know, a positive outlook with all of this. But they're also going to need some time to move snow. Were you here? Uh, no, you weren't because you didn't live here. What? Growing up, we had, I remember when we had about 12 feet of snow. And really? r- roofs were caving in. Oh, that's not good. Actually, it was when I was probably 24. So it was just a couple of years ago. I don't remember that. Why did you guffaw? Oh, I, I don't know. I just, I just had a funny thought, I guess. Did you have just in your head there? Yeah. Um, it has nothing to do with you claiming to be no, but, it, but people years were ago. dying then too. It's a bad mm-hmm. thing because then these houses cave in, and then you've got to get the snow off the roof. So people were actually making money, yeah. creating devices to get snow off of. Oh, roofs. I remember the devices. Yeah. I saw those on the news. Those are the days. Yeah. Well, good luck to those in upstate New York. Yeah, let's hope you can get that snow out of there. there it looks like they're not going to have to clear out the stadium because no. they're going to move the game. To Apparently. I, I've just heard rumors. At Lavelle Edwards Stadium. To Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Yeah. It's going to be Utah. huge. That's mm-hmm. huge. Yeah. That's going to be great for business, though. Because they're going to – all yeah, these all New those Yorkers. people from Buffalo are going to come out here to <laughs> yeah, see imagine? the game, I'm sure. But hold on. Now, where'd they reschedule it? <laughs> Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Provo, Utah. Provo, Utah. <laughs> huh? Are you kidding me? <laughs> see, that would make people happy. That would I'm make people happy. I'm sure it would. you have any other news for us? I have a really quick one here. What? This is actually out of Maryland. Uh, a scheme 
that uh, the Maryland Assistant District Attorney or Attorney General wants you to be aware of, at least in Maryland. I haven't heard of this happening yeah, so anywhere this could else happen yet. Anywhere though. But let's say you walk to your car, yeah. you're, you're at a shopping mall or something, you're walking to a parked car, you get in your car and you notice a piece of paper underneath your windshield wiper. Not a not an unusual yeah, event. It could be really. like a flyer. But you notice that that piece of paper is actually a one hundred dollar bill. Ooh, bingo! Yeah, you're thinking, woohoo! You're in the money. You get out of the car and go to grab it. Yes. Guess what? You get shanked. N- not quite. Okay. Somebody else hops in your car and takes off. Holy cow! That makes you feel stupid. Yeah. But you got? Did you get the hundred dollars? Well, that depends on how fast you grabbed it. Okay. That is that's a scam. That's a scheme. It is a scam, and, and and it is it has happened once in Maryland, but there is no official police report on it. There's only been hmm. yeah, so not sure that this is an actual thing, but I could see it. I could see somebody trying it. Well, James used to do this all the time, mm-hmm. but he would he would put a one dollar bill <laughs> on the window on the on the windshield wiper, and I'd go grab it, and then he'd just shut the door and lock me out of my own car. It's great. It happens. It's worth a dollar. And it only the funny thing about that is you it only worked three times. And then I'm like, okay, I'm not doing this anymore. Totally worth no. it though. Three dollars so, worth. Well I think I think the the thing to note of the, about this story is be aware when you you know you're out. It's holiday shopping time. Yeah. Be aware when you're out in the parking lot. Well, and um, there's no free money. That's right. So you know. There's not little elves out there. I would just get in the car and drive away with the money on the car. Now, who can't turn on the wiper? Well, it depends out. on how far down they put it in the no, wiper. Come on, come on, come on. How many times have you been able to get something off of no, your No, I just windshield? turn the wiper on as I'm driving and let it fly out. Okay, so you pollute. Okay, <laughs> that makes sense. You litter. I, I won't do that. And I'd chase a, I'd chase a buck as hard as I'd chase 100 bucks. Okay, I'm a tight one. Hey, uh, that's the that's that's what makes me happy. Actually, just knowing that I spent a hundred bucks <laughs> on a schemer. Hey, here's the deal, folks. Alex Patakos is going to join us in the next uh, break. After the next break, he is seriously one of my favorite guests, and um, we're going to laugh. We're going to learn. He is a, a a new modern day Greek philosopher. And uh, he's he has an incredible pedigree, believe it or not. One of my great heroes. Just like Socrates. And he's like Aristotle? Socrates, but he's you know he's he doesn't wear a toga. Okay. That I know of. Well, he's going to be on the phone. We'll ask him. Okay. We're going to ask him more uh, with the Matt Townsend show when we come back. You're listening to us right here on BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Today we are talking about the OPA. Wait, I've got to have uh, I've got to have my guests teach me how to say that properly again. Um, honestly, one of my favorite guests is joining us, and the co-author. First time I'm going to be able to meet her. Uh, Alex Patakos and Elaine Dundon are joining us. They're the authors of the book The OPA Way: Finding Joy and Meaning in Everyday Life and Work. And um, they're here to teach us how to figure out what 
moves you, the meaning, what makes something special in your life, and find joy in the everyday things. Alex Patakos and Elaine Dundon, welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. Opa! There it is! Opa! Is that how you say it? Yes. You said it so much better than I did. It's like you wrote the book on it. Yeah, it's almost like that, isn't it? Hey, uh, Alex, good to talk to you again. Same here, same here. You still have that dark mustache? Still have the dark mustache. Awesome. I wish I could grow a mustache. (laughs) Hey, Alex. How are you doing, Matt? I'm doing excellent, and um, it is an honor to meet you, Elaine. Likewise. I love your book, and I love what you guys are trying to teach the world. Wonderful. Teach us uh, about, I mean, Opa is like, it's a big Greek famous word. Is that offensive? Um, no, that's, uh, that's actually very good. And, but you hear actually, it all the time, but teach us what it means. Yeah. Well, it's important, Matt, because uh, I want listeners to understand, too, that um, the word Opa not only has deep meaning, but it is something that really cuts to the core of the Greek spirit. Yeah. And, and traditions and so forth, and, and unfortunately because of some of the things that have gone on over the last number of years in Greece with the economic crisis, many Greeks themselves have kind of moved away from that because they're trying to show that they're serious and they can be competitive, and, and we don't want to lose that spirit. So, so really the idea of OPA and the way we um, have written about it in the book is really to kind of underscore the importance of this word it's a deeper meaning, how it relates to, to, to really elevating the human spirit. Mm. I mean, it, it's, it is, it's a, is it a spiritual term? Well, it's, Be- it's, it's, it's a way of life. It's a way of, it's, it's a it's paradigm. A way of life. I mean, if you look at life energy as, as a form, I mean, again, we're not talking about religion. We're right. talking about spirit. And so you can, you can really manifest the human spirit in so many different ways. I mean, in athletics, we always talk about team spirit. Individually, you know, there's spirituality in the sense of the workplace and whether or not people feel engaged and, and really, uh, really feel excited about what they do in their life, what really matters. So if you think about the word in, in the context of life, energy, and spirit, and then you can, again, translate that into any faith-based tradition you want. Right. But the idea here is really to kind of elevate the human spirit. And the word opa cannot be said properly, as you already know this, uh, without really elevating your spirit. Yeah, yeah, that's why I always try to get all jazzed up for it. Exactly. <laughs> and also, if I can add to yeah. that, we trace the word opa back to the writings of Homer. Oh. And um, really taking a look, if you looked really at um, maybe two sides of a coin, opa on one side could be thought of as the celebration and then the enthusiasm for life. But on the other side of the coin, it also opa also means watch out, look out, look out for the dangers of life. Or, oh, interesting, or just yeah. Be aware, aware of what's going on in your life. Which, it's, which is healthy, right? So we can celebrate, kind of just enjoy, look forward, and then we can also, I guess, be careful and learn and make sure we're healthy and strong. Absolutely. And you want to make sure that your life, I mean, if you think of your life like a like a pathway, we're on a journey, right? All of us are on a journey. Mm-hmm. And you want to make sure that you have both your low beam and your high beams on, you know, when you're driving down a dark road so that uh, you know where you're going and you watch out for any dangers, as Elaine was pointing out. See, what I love, and I have some really good friends here um, in town that uh, they're, they're Greek and Greek Orthodox, and they, ah, oh, it's beautiful because I can take any word to them from my Bible. <laughs> And their 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 understanding and the depth of the Greek, just the history and 
the philosophy and um, the teachings is so profound, which is, is that, is that, is that how, are you just drawing on the elders for this book? Uh, or or is are you also including all of your new research? I know you're both right. PhDs. I know you're both researchers. I know you're both scientists, really. Right. Yeah, yeah. But thank you so much. I tell you, Matt, it's always wonderful to talk with you because you just make us feel so good. Talk about <laughs> elevating the spirit. See, opa. Yeah, the opa. Very, very much. <laughs> um, you know, the idea is that it certainly goes back to, you know, ancient philosophy. Um, it goes back to the epic poetry, as Elaine pointed out, from Homer. Uh, it goes back to Greek mythology, which we use every day. Common language in English is so much yeah. related back to Greece. And if you saw the movie My Big Fat Greek Wedding, every English word has a Greek root. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so, um, and so there's a lot of that. But then there's also a lot of years that Elaine and I have done research, not just about the philosophy of living, but also you know the work in, that we've done over the years in meaning. I mean, as you know, um, I'm a protege of Victor Frankl. Yes. My previous book, Prisoners of Our Thoughts, is based on his wisdom. So we really tried to incorporate both the empirical research, the anthropological research that we've done over the years, with the richness of the Greek language, mm. the Greek culture, the Greek philosophy, the Greek mythology. And like you said, I mean, even if you look at the, you know, the Bible, I mean, the first Bible was written in the Greek language. Right. No, right. So, I mean, there's a lot of richness in terms, because there are a lot of words, as we point out even in our book, that have either been misinterpreted or they really don't have uh, an English meaning. Yeah. And so we have to kind of write them in a way that um, can help explain what in Greek was much more clear-cut. Why, so why do you... Oh, I just add no, go ahead, please. Matt, is, um, it, yes, it was from a lot of the insights we, we um, achieved were through the elders, but it was also for us um, wandering through some of the villages, the tiny mm. villages on the islands, the Greek islands, really coming across just average, everyday people, yeah, and just having conversations with them, and their wisdom was incredible. And I think part of it is that they really know how to live. They know the basics of life. And yeah. I think sometimes in North America, we get so caught up in our to-do lists, in our materialism, in our craziness, that sometimes we forget some of these very simple lessons of life. And and you know what I I can just even as you were saying that Elaine I'm sitting here thinking well yeah but the Greeks you know they're falling apart right now and I th- I think and I mean in reality they they also what you said is so brilliant they know how to live and but to live and then to just sit here and stress about things our entire life there I guess you need kind of a balance or a, or both. But honestly, you're you're not just talking about. They don't just know how to party. They know how to. They have they have meaning. That's right. That and that's is what I love. Is there's so much meaning in the Greek culture and the Greek world. And so much, Matt, as you're saying, as they're going through this economic crisis, which has been for the last few years, yeah. Definitely, and the austerity and the cutbacks and that sort of thing. They also know what's important in yep. that they can pull together their families and their neighbors and their villages. And really, you know, part of it is is if you have friends and neighbors and a place to live and some good food, good healthy food, that's where they start. <laughs> that's right. Whereas here, I think with our, if we had the austerity that they're going through, I'm not sure we no. all know what to do. No. Oh, no. No, and, and just think of just the age differences of these countries and the depth and the, that's why I think meaning is such a powerful word. I guess it's powerful because of Viktor Frankl, but... Um, talk about the meaning side of it. Uh, it's one thing, I guess, finding the joy. Talk about the meaning. Yeah. 
Well, the, the, the meaning, obviously the meaning question goes back way, way before uh, Victor Frankl's yeah. readings and his work. I mean, I mean, we can go back to the ancients, as, as, you, as you read in, 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 in the book, not just in Prisons of Our Thoughts, but now in the open way, it goes all the way back to the ancient Greeks. And so this is something that has been kind of a, an existential question that humanity has been kind of pondering for millennia. Yeah. Um, so that's one thing. But the, but the other side of it is that the deeper sense of meaning really is about this spirit, this life energy, that what, what is really important in our lives, what, what really matters to us, and why are we here are obviously a big question, but the smaller day-to-day questions are what makes our lives meaningful as we go down life's highway. That's what's important. And, and so to some people, I mean, they translate it into, as we kind of referred to earlier, into a faith-based uh, orientation where they have faith, and obviously that gives meaning to their lives. Right. Other people, they may be more agnostic or even atheist, and they're still looking for something that makes their life seem uh, worth living. Yeah. Otherwise, if we don't, I mean, if, just think about it. I mean, if life wasn't worth living, then why are we here? And, and obviously we see a lot of issues with depression and aggression and a lot of addictive behaviors and so forth that, and, and you know this in your own practice, that you know, they have impacts on relationships and oh. workplace uh, health and so forth. So, so the idea of meaning is that from, from our vantage point, as we, manif- as we really wrote about it in, in the open way, it really is the core of our existence. And it's from that core of meaning that we can start then to stay engaged in life, engaged in our relationships. We can become more resilient in whatever we have to confront. We obviously can be much healthier and yeah. have a higher quality of life, and we can also perform better on the job and, and other kinds of things. It's can I be- just add to that, too? Yeah, please. That, um, the question of meaning really helps us look at also how do we define success in our life. Yeah. So is it is it success is having a great family? Is success um, having a lot of uh, material wealth? Is success something else? And is it the, answering the question of, Am I becoming who I really am? And am I becoming the best that I can be? And am I contributing, knowing that uh, how I'm um, getting to know myself, and then am I contributing to the community using those talents? So so it really gets, the questions of meaning really get to also the same questions of how do we want to really define success. Mm. It really is. It's a beautiful discussion. And um, let's do this. Let's take a break. I want to come back more with Dr. Alex Patakos and Dr. Elaine Dundon talking about the OPA way, finding joy and meaning in everyday life and work. If you have a question for these good doctors or, you know, the OPA way, or if you just want a good recipe, uh, I know Alex has got them. 1-855-CHAT-BYU. 1-855-CHAT-BYU. Or 1-855-242-8298. We're going to continue this discussion about finding meaning in everyday life. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us right here on BYU Radio. Welcome back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. Hey, we're, today we're talking about the OPA way. That's so hard to just throw that in at the end. Finding joy and meaning in everyday life and work. We are blessed and so fortunate to have Dr. Alex Patakos and Dr. Elaine Dundon on the show with us today. They're teaching us about 
the I, I guess the Greek tradition of Opa and um, the powerful opportunity we all have to maybe look at our lives and, and in a in a maybe a more defined way, a deeper way potentially, and really try to find some energy, some spiritual force, something that could drive us to a deeper meaning in our lives. And we, we are so fortunate to have them on the show. So Alex and Elaine, welcome back. It's great to be with you. It's great to have you. And talk about um, a little bit about this, because life is pretty hard, right? I mean, it doesn't have to be, but in everyday life, we might just we might be a bartender, we might be a hairdresser. Um, in the end, that that role could become our our identity, and that role it may not always be meaningful. Yeah. No, that's a very good point. And you know, let me let me start up by kind of putting this in the context of yes, on the one hand, life is filled with challenges, right? Right. But challenges can really be placed along a continuum. And so wherever we may be, whether we're in in uh, Provo, Utah, or Santa Fe, New Mexico, or New York City, or wherever we may be, you know, in North America, we have to, again, kind of keep in mind that there are people who are less fortunate than right. us in other parts of the planet, so true. who their challenges uh, compared to ours are m- much more formidable. So, right. I mean, if, if we kind of keep that in perspective, and then, of course, we have people in our own, you know, communities, our own neighborhoods, our own families, our own countries, who are obviously going through uh, challenges that uh, will make ours seem to be, um, uh, like, you know, really not, not not very huge. Right, first world problems. Yeah, exactly. Right. So just, you know, kind of, kind of keep that in, in mind when we start saying, well, geez, I, I don't quite have the job I want. Right. I didn't get invited to the prom or, <laughs> you know, something like that. Yeah. Um, you know, so, but life does have challenges. I mean, that is part of what we're doing. But those are the kinds of things that, as we describe a little bit in the, in the open way, really help define our character. Mm. It's how we respond to the situations. And some of these uh, situations are inescapable. They're not things that we can have any control over. But it's really how we respond to them that helps define who we are, who we become. And I think that becomes a very important part of our journey, our pathways to meaning, is spending more time trying to understand more about who we are, which is what we talk about in the section on purpose, is know thyself. And that's a very obviously very challenging thing. It's actually Plato uh, mentioned it as being the greatest challenge we have as human beings, is to know thyself. Mm. And so that's something that, you know, that's part of our, our purpose in life, is to learn more about who we are as we go along the path. I, I guess that's the meaning. I mean, if, if I don't have a meaning, then it probably doesn't matter what I do. Well, well, there's a difference now between meaning and purpose, because if we don't have, I mean, our purpose can change over time. Okay. All right? And so the purpose, in some cases, our purpose is to get through school or to pay the rent right. or whatever. Meaning exists in all moments of our life. And mm. so you know, there's meaning even when we don't have a purpose. If somebody says, well, I really don't know what I'm supposed to be doing, there's meaning in that. Yeah. All right? And so the idea is, and this is a very important element that Viktor Frankl wrote about, is the idea that there's a meaning in every moment of our lives up until our very last breath. But our purpose can change. And so the idea yeah. here is, is that part of knowing thyself helps, helps us as we evolve and as we go through life through our different stages. It will help us identify what are some of the key purposes that really are meaningful to us. Mm. And those challenges help us to stop and reflect and say, I don't want that anymore in my life. And yeah, so that clarify. Helps us 
that helps us decide, yes, I want this, no, I don't want this, and in what direction we want to grow. So mm. those challenges and opposites in life help really define the direction of where we want to go and how we want to become who we are. Yeah, that might, I guess, adjust some of the purpose. I mean, like, had a close friend uh, just diagnosed with um, with leukemia. So, you know, certain goals or purposes aren't necessarily as important anymore. Uh, other other meanings or other purposes are now starting to emerge that didn't exist pre-diagnosis. But mm-hmm. meaning has existed and will exist on both sides of this. On both sides of it. And this is another reason why Elaine and I, when we write in the book, there are so many books out there, Matt, that you're, you're obviously familiar with and your listeners are about happiness and yeah. search for happiness. Yeah. And we're basically kind of, not that we're the anti-happy people. <laughs> Which would make you unhappy, I guess. Yeah. But <laughs> no, but you're not. The search for happiness is, in our, in our view, much more misguided. Yeah. And could potentially even be somewhat uh, uh, negative and destructive in the sense that if we're always looking for happiness, uh, you're that missing, could end up yeah. meaning, well, what happens when we don't reach, attain those goals? And then there's certain situations, like you said, I mean, how can we be happy if we get diagnosed with an incurable disease? Right. But there's meaning in it. Exactly. And there's meaning in for your friend, too, not just for his or her life, but also um, how it impacts everyone who's around. Mm-hmm. So there's, there's also the meaning we can find and how we help other people around us find meaning in their lives. It's, in fact, it leads me to my next thought of um, do relationships, it seems like meaning and purpose um, and the OPA way are very closely tied to relationships. Absolutely. Absolutely. And actually, I was waiting for you to say attitude, because OPA, OPA. the acronym that we wrote in the book, yeah. is about connecting with others, right? Oh, that's right. That's right. The that's others, that's the, oh, okay. Purpose, yeah. and then attitude. So if, we, if, if you have a relationship and somebody in your relationship, it could be a personal relationship, it could be a work-related you know, relationship. Yeah. If you have a bad attitude... Everything you see is going to be negative you in bet. the relationship. Right. So, so, Matt, how we look at it is meaning is the, the big, the macro idea. Yeah. And then our formula to finding deeper meaning in our life is O, others, yep. P, purpose, A, attitude. That's where we get the OPA from. But meaning is the overall, the big, big goal of what we're looking for. And then others, uh, purpose and attitude is how is the formula or the framework to get there. That is, um, I mean, again, it's it's life. So whatever comes around you, so a cancer diagnosis, you are going to have others, you're going to have to identify your purpose, and you're going to have to bring the attitude that is aligned to your values and principles, I guess. Exactly. No, absolutely. And we all know people who have a bad attitude, for example. Oh, yeah. they've had something you know, negative has happened to them. Right. And then it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. Mm-hmm. They either become more ill or more sick than they were initially, you or bet. they end up getting a bad attitude at work, and so therefore then they end up finding out they get bad performance reviews. You know, and it's just kind of, it's a vicious circle. And that's where, just going back to um, how we define success and meaning in our lives, if we've just defined success as material wealth or a lot of money, and we ignore the, oh, the other's part of life, mm-hmm. then at the end of the day and the end of our lives, we probably aren't going to have deep meaning. You bet. No, you're going to be, you'll, it'll be empty. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and at the same time, we're also not going to have the authentic happiness that we were searching for 
because as, as I remember uh, sharing with, with you this uh, the last time uh, when we were talking about the prisons of our thoughts, Victor Franco was very clear about happiness, and he felt that, that the pursuit of happiness, again, is not only misplaced, but he says you really can't pursue happiness. Yeah. Happiness has to ensue, and it ensues from service to others, from, from caring about something that's greater than yourself. Yeah. Again, others. Yeah. Again, attitude. Um, what would you say to the person that argues vehemently that they're justified to have a bad attitude? Well, it's interesting because uh, we've actually had many clients who have been in that position. You bet. We've even had, we've even had those who wanted to know, well, I don't really want to change my attitude. Yeah. And, you know, and, and it's a stimulus response thing. And, of course, you know, what we would say is, one, either come to, some, come to Santa Fe or bring us out so we can spend some time together. Yeah. Uh, but it's basically dealing with the consequences of their choices. And then also we typically ask them, particularly people who have that, uh, orientation, or in some cases, there are people who like to complain a lot about their situations. Is what are the benefits? What are the things the rewards are getting from their complaining or from them staying stuck in that attitude? Yeah, and okay. we try to explore that, and then, and that could be a way of getting somebody to uh, escape the prison of their thoughts or their you know, escape their uh, you know their predicament. Yeah, and also to help them understand and reflect if, if whether or not they agree with the statement that life is like a mirror. And that what you bring into your life is really what you've also given out to to others. And so really a good discussion on whether or not they think that's valid or maybe it's not mm-hmm. is, is a good way to get to 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 uh, a deeper understanding. Yeah, I, I, um, I, I can totally see I'm getting it. I'm finally getting it, Alex. It's taken two shows, but reading the book. Opa! It is. I really, I think, I think I have this inner Greek in me. Yeah. Oh, you do. Well, well, I think we all I even do. like baklava now. Yeah, that's right. You like baklava. <laughs> no, but it's interesting, Matt, because Elaine and I, last year, we spent some time in Hong Kong, and we were actually talking about the Opal Way, and we were talking in, 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 that, in one particular instance with a, a, young, a group of young students, and they were like, you know, ages 9 to 14. And mm-hmm. part of the reason we were talking to this in this school environment was the fact that many of the students were suffering from depression, there was so much stress in their school because in China there's obviously a lot of pressure on kids to excel. Yeah. And at the same time, we also it, it, it confronted issues of bullying and things like that. And by the time we were finished talking about OPA, we had all these little kids, <laughs> and they were all like going, you know, others' purpose yeah. attitude, others' purpose attitude, because we were using that as a mantra yeah. for living and relating to each other. So this way they cared about each other in a way that potentially could help them with depression or maybe at least oh. you know, prevent them from ang- you know, acting out. It's beautiful. Um, we have to take a break. And it, what I just thought of, Alex, as, as both you and Elaine were talking, it's the Opal Way, which we'll come back and discuss more. It's a life preserver. So as people are out there drowning, others, purpose and attitude they are things you can do. They're in your circle of influence. It's stuff you can go do. To, to start to create that meaning and change your life. Powerful stuff. We're talking about the OPA way, finding joy and meaning in everyday life and work. Dr. Alex Patakos and Dr. Elaine Dundon, they're joining us. We'll be right back. More on uh, finding this meaning right here on the Matt Townsend Show. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. 
On the phone with us. Now, I, I've got to find out if they're in Santa Fe, New Mexico, where they, they own um, the Center for Meaning. They founded a group there called the Center for Meaning, based in Santa Fe, New Mexico, um, where I'm assuming you can go and teach and learn these great ideas. Uh, are, are they in Santa Fe, Toronto, Canada, or Greece? Let's welcome our guest, Dr. Alex Patakos, and again, Dr. Elaine Dundon to the show. We're back, and We're, we are in Santa Fe right are now. Are you? Although we do, uh, we'll be actually in Toronto very shortly, and uh, and then we'll also be back in Greece. So, <laughs> so that's kind of our triangle. And we also have a center for meaning in Santa Fe that we actually call the OPA Center the, for yeah. Meaning. The, is that the OPA way finding? Oh, that's your book. But oh, book. you call oh you and call it the OPA Center, center for Meaning. The center was actually designed to be partly a traditional Greek village where we could gather together oh, like cool. the village, like we describe in the book. Yeah. And, you know, drink and eat together and chat and, and really kind of bond. Yeah. And then we also have an ancient Greek temple part of the center that we use for engaging in deeper dialogue about know thyself. And oh, hope. beautiful. Do you, you guys, I know you travel all over. I know you've been here uh, before, Alex, to Utah. Do you guys, do you travel and, and can people just go to your website and, and find ways if they want to, you know, bring you into their company or? Yes. That's they just go to the OPA all, all way. All of the above, Matt. All of okay. the above. Yeah, I mean that's that's what's so great about you. And yeah. I would personally like to go to Greece to do it. Yes. Well, we're, we're actually one of the things we'll be doing. And if listeners want to contact us, they can go to our website, theopaway.com, and uh, you can send us a message. But we will be scheduling uh, not just retreats in places like Santa Fe up in Canada, but also to Greece, where we can actually take you through the places where that we write about in the book. Yeah. And we can go back to the Minoan civilization on the island of Crete. Oh, wow. Take you to Mount Olympus. Yeah. To the uh, Oracle of Delphi and actually uh, be your guides. And then we can actually practice uh, the, the kinds of things that how powerful in the book. But on, yeah, on, on the ground in Greece. How neat is that? That's right. As well as on the sea. We can take you on the boats. Too. Mm. Hey, okay. I've got, a, I've got an assignment for both of you that okay. I need your help with. So tonight, after my show, I'm going to go to prison, to the Utah State Penitentiary, and meet with about probably 100 men. And I'll have basically two hours to teach. What would you teach 100 men incarcerated who maybe have lost meaning or maybe, uh, you know, just aren't feeling joy? Well, uh, it's interesting you bring that up because I've, I've done a lot of work with prisoners. Yeah. And interestingly enough, I've had a tremendous amount, particularly around this time of year, between now and the first of the year, I typically get letters from inmates from around, literally around the world, not just in the United States and Canada, but from Europe and other places, because they've either read uh, Prisoners of Our Thoughts, yep. the previous book, or now they'll be reading The Opal Way. So obviously I would love to have The Opal Way be part of the library in the prison. But in terms of some of the exercises, one that I've found very effective has been really one that relates to the attitude part of OPA, which is also the attitude part that Viktor Frankl was most well-known for. And I've actually done this with some uh, pretty interesting group of uh, inmates where I've had them write down a list of ten positive things uh, that resulted or that came from their incarceration. Mm. And initially, of course, you know, you, you kind <laughs> they look of, at you like you're crazy. They look at like you're crazy, but then they start writing things down about what they've learned, how they're growing, how they can mentor uh, younger inmates and so forth, so that all of a sudden the yeah. energy shifts and these inmates who are physically incarcerated find freedom in their thought process. Beautiful. 
And I would also add that a similar exercise is to ask what are the 10 positive things of, or people that you can influence outside of the prison. Hmm. So even if they're in prison, they can still either write letters or somehow um, use the lessons of their life and how they found deeper meaning in what they did you know, right and what they did wrong in their lives to help other people and, and to not just focus on the, you know, the, the cell and the walls that they're within. Well, and look how interesting. You somehow backdoored us right into others and attitudes and purpose. Mm-hmm. Well, it's like you always no, get back to Opa. It? <laughs> well, but it all comes back to I know that. it does. That's what's you so know, cool about it. And, you know, and that's part of what it is, because trying to get, particularly getting people, as, as in, you know, and I wish I was with you. Uh, oh, that would be great here. to see. Um, but the idea of getting them to really connect meaningfully with others, as Elaine's saying, there could be others outside their institution, you know, where they're at the prison, uh, connecting more meaningfully with other inmates. And we're not talking about violence. We're not talking about a Charles Manson getting married. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, we're really talking about meaningful, authentic connections. And yeah. then we're talking about what's the purpose, exploring the deeper purpose of their incarceration. And for those who ultimately will uh, get released, you know, what's their purpose when they get out so they don't have to come back? Because that's really what you yeah. and Elaine and I are trying to do. We're trying to get people not to be prisoners of their thoughts so that they just repeat the exact same things that got them in trouble in the first place. Well, you, that you see that that is that's how you get out of the cycle. That's going to decrease recidivism is... The right attitudes, the right people, the right purpose. Absolutely. And, 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 and so, it's, so the formula, as Elaine's pointing out, for meaning sounds very simple. Obviously, right. it takes a lot of work. It's yeah. practice, practice, practice. But the idea is we want to create something, and that's what the beauty of the Greek word opa is that everybody can say it, even if their mother tongue is in English, and it's something that you can remember, others' purpose attitude. I can remember those things, yeah. whereas if, you know, there's some other things yeah. in other books that maybe you know, people will not remember. You know, what was that formula again? And so we tried to create something that had a real meaning for people also in the sense that they could say it and remember it. Uh-huh. Well, it's tied to an emotion and a feeling that's already kind of known. That's right. Or sensed. Mm-hmm. Wow. Teach. Um, we only have a few more minutes, but teach us. Uh, one of the things I love about my friends, um, and I, I, maybe I just pick their brains too much, but that are really entrenched in the Greek language and the Greek culture, the words are so powerful because the history of words, you know, originate. Right. And especially the words like, uh, well, you you have some words like arete. Yeah, right. I, I'm probably not pronouncing it right. Ed, ed, arete. Yeah. Evdemonia. And a phobia. What, what? Just teach us a little bit about whichever one of those you think are pertinent to yeah. what we're talking about. Well, 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 we'll you know, we'll start with uh, let's 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 start with the second one that you mentioned, which is actually pronounced evdemonia. Oh wow! Okay, I butchered it. <laughs> and it's been mis uh, you know mis uh, translated into English from the Greek, and it's also been misinterpreted because it's a word that goes back to the writings of people like Aristotle. And it's unfortunately been translated by some people in the United States as kind of re- is reflecting or referring to the word happiness. Mm. And, it's, and, and Aristotle was talking about something that's much, much more deep and much more uh, profound than, than that. And basically, epimonia, which is, again, one of the goals in, you know, in terms of purposes that we're trying to achieve with all the OPA work, is to help people not only flourish or have prosperity outside their life. In other words, they're successful in the traditional sense, maybe by having a good sound marriage, good family, good job, you know, live in a good, nice home, whatever, but also make sure that that's integrated holistically and integrated with inner prosperity. Mm. So that wow. people feel 
value. They yeah. feel that their life matters, that their relationships matter, and so forth. So epimonia is really the integration of both inner and outer prosperity. I know, I know Elaine wants to say something. Yeah, please. It. Well, actually, I was going to pop to the next, the next Greek word. You, you spoke about aphobia. Aphobia. And that's a Greek word. And if we just look at the part of the word is phobia, which I think a lot of us know is fear. A phobia is a fear or an intense dislike of something. So yeah. if we're afraid of strangers or we're afraid of going out or we're afraid of working hard. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and really taking a look at aphobia is being without fear. But it's really not being without fear. It's really saying, how do we get through the fears? Mm. And a lot of us are, I sound a little um, strange to say this, but we're afraid to say, tell people that we're afraid. Oh, yeah. We're afraid to tell people that we have fears, and we think maybe we're the only people in the world that have fears. And um, it's not true. Everybody has fears and self-doubts. But where, the, where I guess the rubber hits the road is, do we let that, those doubts, and fears paralyze us or do we go through those fears profound like you can be afraid and that's normal and it's probably even it's essential to be happy mm-hmm. and with a phobia we will get through it we can how to get through the fear that's right and and, and you would counter that with your clients and, and obviously all the people that have listened to your show for so long now you know, there, you know, it's 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 an opportunity for people to understand the opposites. Right. Because if we don't understand opposites, it's hard. It's hard to know happiness if we don't know being unhappy. And we don't truly appreciate the opposites. We can't really truly appreciate the things we've accomplished if we don't recognize the fact that yeah, we have encountered fear. Yeah. You know, we didn't want to take the risk. And it's also hard to, and we'll connect it back to OPA again too. That was the A, and I'll connect it to the O. The others. It's hard to connect authentically with others if we wear our masks and we pretend we don't have any fears and we don't relate to each other authentically. Yeah, you need to be vulnerable, don't you, to get intimacy. Yeah, and, and this is one of the important aspects of the A and OPA, because to the Greek culture, which is unlike, and again, we look at the Greek OPA notion here as being kind of a complementary alternative pathway to enlightenment, to spiritual growth and personal growth and so forth compared to, say, what you know, most people would attribute to uh, you know, people in the East, for example, whether they're talking about you know, the Buddhist philosophy and you know, people going to uh, Hinduism and other types of things. Because we're really focusing on the Greek culture, we're not necessarily talking about religion or faith, right. but we are talking about a philosophy of life, a philosophy of living. And the Greek culture, it's not a very quiet culture, as you know. No, no, no. Your friends. Yeah. They express everything out. Oh, yeah. It's very open. Get it out there. Get it out there. Don't be afraid of anything. That's part of what the A is in open. It's really about embracing all of life. It's all of life with attitude. It's not just the good time. That's right. Well, you know what, Alex, Elaine, I I really love what you're doing, and I love the spirit of it, and I love that you're willing to come on and and teach us. Uh, I so appreciate you. I honor what you're doing and cannot recommend it more. Go check it out on the website, theopaway.com. We'll be right back. This is the Matt Townsend Show. Welcome back, friends, to the second hour of the Matt Townsend Show. It's my life. A little uh, John Bon Jovi. 
A lot of people say uh, when I sing, they I remind them of John Bon Jovi. In a washing machine? No. <laughs> Why would you say that? That's rude. Hey, on the show, we've been talking about um, meaning, finding meaning in your life. And it's, uh, it's, it's hitting me. Life, I don't know if you guys know this, but I'm getting older. What? No, I am. No. I am. No, I am. I'm not as old as Sean. No, that's true. You're not. But I feel like it. You got a little spring in your step. Compared to me, I think. Maybe it's because... I don't have plantar fasciitis. Exactly. Mm-hmm. But um, so I sit there and I don't know what it is. I just feel this kinship with our last guest, Alex Patakos. Okay. Uh, by the way, Greek and um, the greatest Greek food ever was given to me. Every holiday I get a big plate of Greek yumminess. Mm, from? Friends? From friends. That's and, cool. Uh, well, every I, – I meant last year. Well, we – So I I'm hoping to, this year they do it again. I used to work at another radio station and we had a, a lady there uh-huh. who was Greek. Oh. And she would bring stuff in every year as well. The See, baklava. Oh, jeez. Oh, and they know – oh. Uh-huh. And they know how – they just – Spanakopita. But see, when I say when I say Alex Patakos, I mm. think Greek, but you thought tacos. tacos. Yeah. No. I'm Here, still thinking tacos. You're still thinking tacos. But here's the deal also about the Opa way is um, the the power of family. Like their meals are oh, yeah. about family and about reunion and everybody's and welcome. Plates. Uh-huh. I'm breaking plates. Anyway, so think about this as we talk about meaning. And we didn't mention it, but um, – Alex worked underneath uh, Victor Frankl. He mentioned it two or three mm-hmm. times, but some people out there in listener land, you may not know who Victor Frankl is. But Victor Frankl was an Austrian psychiatrist captured by the Nazis, thrown into Auschwitz. Right. He was a uh, he was a psychiatrist, and so, he wrote a pretty significant book. Yeah, Man's Search for Meaning. Mm-hmm. And he um, – but what's powerful is uh, – and this is – so this is what kind of motivated and, and, and you know, Alex was, was mentored through that process. But one of the things um, that, that uh, Viktor Frankl figured out is it, it didn't matter whether his wife was alive or dead because while he was in the concentration camp, he imagined her as alive. And he imagined that there would be a day when he would be reunited with his love – and they would be uh, happy, and he imagined the days that he would be able to take all of this learning you had in this camp, and and he actually treated the camp like an experiment, and all of these things he was doing because of his meaning and his having this purpose inside of his his mind while he was going on and going through this, it gave him the opportunity to um, heal, and. He found out later when he when uh, the war was over and and he was released that his wife had died a few months after going in. Mm. Yet she he, was in a different camp. She was at a different camp, but close okay. to them. And he would stand by the fence and kind of watch over there, I guess. And anyway, it was just as vivid. He could imagine being with her. He could imagine all these things. He could imagine coming back and teaching his students at the university about all of these things and and the the power of learning. So um, there's something about purpose and having a meaning. So even in the midst of the most complicated, difficult parts or times of your life, 
I just highly suggest you you dig down, and if you have mm-hmm. a god, you go to your god. That's what I do. I kind of my meaning is very much wrapped around my my kind of religious faith, my religious beliefs, and it's not just kind of uh, it's not just this routine belief. By the way, did you hear? There's there's now a drive-through church you can go to. Oh, where? I don't know. I think it's in L.A. And you just drive through. It's probably Vegas. You can stop. Yeah, that's a different one. Yeah, they have those ja- drive-through chapels. <laughs> but um, so it's not my my faith isn't uh, something that you drive through. Well, it's not routine. It's not. But it's but it's pretty core to part of who I am. Yes. And I had a lady today that I met with that uh, that had her husband had basically hurt her emotionally really bad. Okay. And she's devastated. And it makes her so mad. And she hasn't been able to get over it for years, years and years and years and years. And she can't get over it. And she's so ticked. And all we did to to really help her get over it is I just asked her about what her deity would do if he or if he just sat right next to her. So in the midst of all of her pain. And this anger that she so wants to get rid of, if, you're, if your God came and just sat right next to you and just held you. Cared for you? And just, yeah. Mm-hmm. What would you say? Or what, not, what would you feel? And so it's not like, what would Jesus do? It's not that kind of thing. It's what if, if, if Jesus appeared and sat next to you and held you and just loved you, what would you, what happens? And she says, the minute I even think of that, it all goes away. It just goes away. Surprising. Not wild, yeah. And I'm like, but you believe this, right? You believe that he's the one that'll take that away. And she's like, yeah, but I've never, I, I can't. Then she told me her story. I don't, I can't do it. I can't do that. I can't get rid of it on my own. I'm like, no, you just had to imagine him holding you, and then it felt better. And she's like, well, yeah, but I can't do it myself. And I'm like, well, sure you could. Why if, not? I, if I called you on the phone and said, oh, you need to go imagine yourself being held by Jesus, and you, you would do that, right? Mm-hmm. And anyway, it, it dawned on her that she's built this big story up. She can't do something that her value system she's been learning about forever has been teaching her to do. And right. we, we all complicate our value systems to the point that we almost make the peace of our God too far away to get to. Mm-hmm. And yet here comes Alex Patakos teaching us the Opa way, which is just a Greek version of getting to your meaning and your purpose, which is kind of – would be more secular in a way. But you could go to the Greek Orthodox Church and they do the same thing. You can go to the Catholic Church. Everybody's got a way to kind of process this. And so I guess in my coaching corner, what I'm going to challenge everybody to do is why don't we all just start living a little bit more aligned to what we believe in mm-hmm. and what we're all teaching and if we would do that, there might be peace. Now, by the way, a point that we made with this woman today is, yeah, but the problem is still there. True. True. And the peace is also there. So there's a great quote by C.S. Lewis that says, the cross comes before the crown and tomorrow's another Monday. <laughs> so we're all going to go through this, and Alex brought it up again. We've had it on the show quite a bit lately that you, you need to have the tough stuff if you really want to benefit with the joys and the peace and the happiness. But you need to figure out a way to bring the joy and the peace and the happiness into the middle of the tough stuff. And if you have a value system, if you believe in a God, for heaven's sakes, we've got to find a way to bring him or her, I guess, into, into your life. Yep. Real time. Otherwise, it's conceptual. If you have a faith, 
you, you got to be able to live the faith. Yeah. Otherwise, it's, I guess, not a faith. Right. It's just a drive-through <laughs> chapel. Well, I, you know, if if you have if you think you have faith, but you're not living it, how real is that? Right. I think that's what we think. Is it's, I don't know. I guess we've just messed up. And it doesn't matter so what profoundly. faith it no, is. No, no. Or, or even just or like even con- con- concept. Yes. Like what is what is your meaning? Victor mm-hmm. Frankl's meaning at the time, I guess it wasn't necessarily religious oriented, but it was he had purpose that he was going to serve other people and it meant something to him. And he was going to be with his wife someday and they were going to share all of these lessons. And the entire time he needed to take notes and understand and figure out in his mind what's going on here so he could teach it to other people. That was just a concept in his head. And – it made it survivable. He, uh, Victor Frankl made Auschwitz survivable, for heaven's sakes. And again, if he can do that, you can make, you know, parent-teacher conferences survivable. survivable. You can make— Even when I have to do 15 of them? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. You could. Again, because there's meaning there. Yes. So there's a great quote that says, um, if you know what your yes—it's easy to say no when you know what your yeses are. And he who has the why to live for can bear with almost any how. Hmm. If you have your whys lined up, you can the hows will come. But you have to know your whys. Right? Pretty simple. Hey, what do I know? But I am a big deal. I'm kind of a big deal. Kind of a really big deal. <laughs> Folks, that's the corner right there. That's the coach's corner. We're going to take a break and... Uh, We've got we've got the real deal coming in. Hank Smith is coming in. He is uh, he's our our teen whisperer. You know, it's like the horse whisperer. They just kind of go up, give your teen a carrot, and just whisper in their ear. Hank Smith, you'll take out the trash. <laughs> take out the trash. Clean up your room. Stick with us, folks. We're going to talk about teens and new things, how to get your teens to reach out, stretch out, and try some new things. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us right here on BYU Radio. Sitting on the dock of the bay, watching the tide roll. Sitting on a dock of the bay, wasting time. Welcome back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. Hank Smith. He's in the house. Sounded like I was singing with him right there. Did you hear that? You got to talk, James, because it was no so one, good. No one can hear your head shake. What? Uh, yeah, they can. <laughs> Oh, is that what that clankety clankety clank? <laughs> Did you hear that? That's his head shaking. Hey, uh, Hank's in the house, and um, Hank Smith is a motivational speaker, uh, PhD. Or did you finish, Hank? Are you done? I'm done. He's done. He's an official PhD. Uh, in fact, uh, have you been checking moles lately? Yeah. Because when I became a doctor, uh, I started just doing a lot of mole checks. No, but I do like when someone screams, "Is there a doctor here?" I like to. Stand up and say, well, yes, not I'll the kind you want, that, but <laughs> we need to intubate. Yeah. <laughs> I think he's just coughing. <laughs> no, get me some. Maybe with your knee. Get me a tube <laughs> and a knife. A... <laughs> anyway, we'll end it right there. Um, but you're a PhD. Yep. You're also a teen whisperer. You spend all day, every day, 
educating teens. I spend a lot of time with teenagers. Yeah, it's like an eternal Which, Groundhog Day. Honestly, it makes sense because you're very teen-ish. No, in I, a good way. Yeah, like I, the, I the enjoy. Physique, the, I enjoy. <laughs> well, except you have five kids. I have five children. Almost one's almost a teenager, and a set of twins. A couple of years, set of twins at the very end. Wow, you'll find that twins are usually the last. You and you won't find a lot of teens that have five kids. So no, you're no. not. So like them yeah, I can't really relate that way. But you also have put out about twelve different recordings. Yeah, I do talks on CD for for teenagers. We find that teenagers aren't reading as much as they used to. What? So these talks on CD are. Are nice. If only nice. they could get the talk on their cell phone. Right. Which they could. Oh, my heavens. Which they could. Um, but you have put one out called Being Happy in an Unhappy World. Yep. That one's brand new. came out about a month ago. It smells new. Yeah. I brought you a copy. Thank you. I'm going to listen to it on my way to the prison. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, the, have you spoken at the prison? I have not. Okay. I've, I'm going to put your name in. Okay. I'd be happy It is to. the neatest thing I've ever done. Honestly... I get to speak everywhere like you do, and the spirit in the prison is amazing. I would like that. Like, the, because the people that are there want to be there. Yeah. I mean, not in prison. The people right. that are in the meeting <laughs> at the prison want to be in the meeting at the prison. And it's just- They want help. They, they want, want help. And they're, very, and they're just starving. So mm. they would eat you up. Yeah, I'd be happy to, happy to do it. Put my name on the list. I'm, okay, you're on the list officially. Okay. Talk, to me, um, talk to me about teenagers and happy, because sometimes they, they seem kind of ornery. Right. So we you spoke earlier uh, about teenagers not wanting to to try new things, and that's just smoke. Yeah, right. That's right. just smoke. That's not the that's real. That's not issue. the real issue. The real issue is you've got an unhappy teen, uh, or and a teen that's lacking self confidence. Yeah. So uh, basically, the 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 CD is based on that idea. How do we build up a happy teenager uh, and higher self confidence? Is it food? Um, <laughs> that that you know what? If you ask teenagers. I ask them, what's happiness? And they're like, happiness is when mom comes home from Costco. I mean, that's... <gasps> that's a big moment. Yeah, yeah. I remember those days. <laughs> those are great days. Yeah. Now I don't like when my wife comes home from Costco because I'm like, what? Where did all that's that money go? $400? <laughs> we needed this five-gallon thing what, of licorice. What, what do we do, though? Because, I mean... So what did you find? What What's the key? All right. So let's talk. Um, so I, I studied all the, the science of happiness, Yeah. first of all. Uh, and then I got into the religious part of happiness. Cool. So there's basically the CD is half of the science and half is the half religious religion. part. It's, it's uh, a, how long does it run? Uh, it's about 70 minutes. Wow. 70 minutes, yeah. It's a lot of Hanks, man. Yeah. And, and, I, and I try to keep it funny. Yeah, uh, you do. Parents tell me, oh, I can keep my teens in the car. I got them trapped in the car. Yeah. I put in the CD. So they start laughing idea. and it's fun. Medication. So, yeah, you go on a vacation and you, you could play all twelve. Yeah, I've I've had people say you went on vacation with us across the United That's States, it. and I'm like, well, take me next time. I'll wow, talk that'd be great. <laughs> yeah, I'll sit in the back and talk. So here's what we found: teenagers, number one, happy teenagers surround themselves with other happy teenagers. Happy teenagers have happy friends. Yep, it's a social circle thing. Yeah, uh, I'm that's. That's from what Siegelman, the positive yeah. psychology guy. Yeah. Seligman. It's, it's, it's Seligman. Yeah. It's the social circle. Oh, right? totally. It's all about the social circle. But does does it? I guess. Uh, what if they're like an introvert and right. they don't have friends? Right. So that's or they just, don't like people. That's one part of it. Okay, Two, cool. uh, we found that um, teenagers, happy teenagers, actually try to be happy. They work they, on it. They put forth effort, saying, "I need to be happy." Yeah. It's yeah. like a skill. Yeah. Some of us wait for happiness to kind of happen to us. Right, right. Uh, when this this kind of skill is like, I'm going to find a way to be happy. So what we what we see is happy people, uh, they cultivate happy thoughts. 
when they're not feeling good. They just think about things that make them happy, you know, little children, people falling, whatever. Yeah, unicorns. Uh, yeah, whatever Rainbows. it is that makes you happy. Right. Uh, think about that for a while and all of a sudden those those feelings start to come. That's good. Uh, happy people, we found, uh, spend money on other people. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what my wife is doing. <laughs> well, I, I tell my wife, I'm like, you you look unhappy. You need to buy me some things. I that's interesting because yeah. I tell I tell my wife, you seem unhappy. Give me the credit card. Right. <laughs> but she but she buys stuff for me. Yeah, and it's, that makes her happy. They find that that has a that's much, actually more. She buys stuff for everybody but herself. Yeah, much more increase on your happiness. That's what she's doing is spending money on other people than spending on yourself. They called it the helper's high. Yeah. They, they experience a helper's high. That's cool. A euphoric state. That's good because Christmas is coming up. Right. So everyone should be like blissfully high. Yeah. And you'll find during Christmas time, I mean, people yeah. are naturally happy or they're well, naturally more Unless giving. you're spending too much and then you're stressed. Right. Well, then January you're stressed. Yeah. January's January you're like, Ugh. When you get the bills from, right. from Christmas. So don't do that. Don't go into debt for Christmas. Um, they said that happy people have deep in-person conversations. See, we're getting less and less in-person. Yeah. We're yeah. doing lots of messaging, lots of Snapchatting. Lots so of one key tweeting. to happiness is make sure you're still talking real-time yeah. in person, face-to-face face with another human being. Yep. So instead of messaging on Facebook, say, hey, let's meet up for lunch. That might be right. an important thing. Like maybe parents could make a rule. Let's turn our phones off. Yeah, certain time of day. And, and we always turn them off like at the end of the night. But I found out that – it takes about 20 minutes to get my kids to turn their phones off. <laughs> so start a little so earlier. So if I started earlier and even earlier than that so we could talk, right? that'd be cool. Yeah. Instead of just going to bed yeah. without phones, let's, right. let's say, hey, we're going to have family time. You know, no no phones at dinner, obviously. Yeah. No phones. Maybe maybe from dinner on to the end of the night. It's, That's cool. We're a phoneless family. Just because we're having these in-person conversations. Does it matter if the conversations are with your parents? Because that seems like that may not make people happy. Yeah. I, I is mean, it better with friends? Does it matter? It doesn't really. It it's just in didn't, face yeah, to just face. face to face. It says uh, it's quick and convenient to text, uh, but spending time with spending time with people in person has weight. Well, it really does. Yeah, it does. Well, it seems like your body responds differently to a human, a live human. Yeah. So you maybe get more chemistry. Yeah, rejuvenation. Yeah. And you know, a lot of people that's how they recharge. Yeah, yeah. Uh, is being around people. Yeah. So. Um, I my I recharge uh, just watching a game. Right. Just but those are own. people. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you like it better if your son's sitting next to you. Oh, I would love it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And then you're enjoying the game oh, that's and you're great. talking. Like, and then hey. in between we throw a ball around. Yeah. 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 You're saying, did you see that? That was awesome. Yeah, Let's go back. quite a dunk. Yeah. So uh, happy people laugh a lot. They do. Happy people laugh a lot. I've noticed that the probably the worst people at this are old men. I know. I don't know what it is. The mortgage or the marriage. I don't are, know are what it is. Are you talking about but, Sean? But <laughs> He's right old there. men. He's right there. Old men struggle. They <laughs> Don't they, they don't laugh very much. Children, on average, get this: they laugh three hundred times per day. Are you kidding? Three hundred times per day. Well, that kid's it's not right. Yeah. Adults, He's, something's wrong with that kid. <laughs> Adults, it's fifteen. Three hundred to fifteen. Three hundred to fifteen. You wonder why? <laughs> that is sad. Why are children happy? But oh, it, I guess laughing. That, it's and it's, it's really honestly they're. They don't even know enough to laugh that much. So they're just – They're just laughing. They're just – it's natural. Whatever. It? Yeah. We, lots of giggling. Our head gets in the way. Yeah. Uh, they just uh, – and, and laughing, as you know, produces these – Endorphins. These endorphins man. that, that – Bada boom, bada bing. Help you deal with stress and help yeah. you deal with you know. James anger. loves his dentist because he gives him laughing gas. 
That's not real laughing, James. That's called sedation. Oh, he comes in laughing his head <laughs> off. It's great. It's your happiest days. Oh, yeah. Did you know that laughter in studies has been shown to do as much as exercise? Are you serious? Reducing cholesterol. No, dude. Are you serious? Reducing honestly, appetite. Absolutely. Oh, I'd laugh every day yeah. over exercise. Right. <laughs> it's improved cholesterol all all through laughter. No, but that's interesting because yeah. I th- I love to laugh, and that's why I'm so tired too. It's like I I ran the treadmill. Yeah. On my <laughs> on my ab. Well, and you could also instead of a you know a serious drama about people killing each other, a serial killer. Oh. Maybe you pick up a comedy. That's right. Studio C. Right. Go to T- BYU some... Radio. Look up Studio C. Listen You'll to the Matt Townsend show. Listen to the Matt Townsend show. Grab a Townsend Hank Smith show. CD. Laugh Grab... a little bit. Yes. Get Go to the dentist. Right. <laughs> There's a lot of things out there, but sometimes we focus we, I never we, thought of the laughing. On... But that's another thing, too, as a family. Laugh. It, laugh together. I mean, we try – we read scriptures every night, and usually it starts a fight. Right. <laughs> And usually somebody ends up leaving crying. You know what helps is I do all the voices. Do so you really? when I read the scriptures, I'll do the voices. The voices share them. For behold. Yeah. And then Nephi's so excited. Yeah, that's and, cool. And they start – my kids, you know, they'll start to pick What up does on your that. wife do when you do that? Because um, my wife rolls her eyes. <laughs> my wife rolls her eyes as well. She's usually the one that's getting me to scripture study. Cause that's I'm good. I know. That's how my wife is. Brain yeah, totally. Well, once I'm there. But you make uh, it like fun. To, yeah, Then like they it enjoy fun. it. They'll be happy. It's not a hard, difficult thing anymore. Right. And everyone's bonding. Yep. It's cool. Yep. And then somebody gets hurt. We need to do that more. Sarah, if you're listening, let's do that more. Um, We found that happy people use music. Oh, yeah. Music makes people happy. The right music, Mm -hmm. obviously. You know what? Sundays, that's how I get my kids up. Music? Because I used to try to wake them up to go to church or whatever, and uh, they didn't like that. Right. (laughs) So I just now open their doors and turn on music and... Like like little mice to the Pied Piper. They, Actually, I shouldn't use rise. a mouse metaphor because we have mice in our house right, right now. My <laughs> wife's really upset about that. Like alligators to gator bait. <laughs> they just come out of the woodwork and it's powerful. Yeah. It's powerful. Yeah. Do you know music can match the anxiety-reducing effects of massage therapy? So really? people who simply listen to music, uplifting music, have the same reduced anxiety as those who get long Like massages. pan flute music or just right. any kind <laughs> of music? Like Bon Jovi? Just uplifting music. Anything. Yeah, yeah anything that's edifying. That, that to them is an uplifting, uplifting oh, music. Um, so use the power of music. Do you we know have what? time for more or do we need to take a break? Let's take a break. Okay. We'll come back and do that. Plus I want to know more tricks. Okay. That I, you know, what's the silver bullet that I can just put in my kids' make macaroni? Let's make teenagers happy. That makes them happy. Good stuff. We're talking to Hank Smith. Go look him up on Facebook. It's probably the best way still to find you. probably. Facebook, you can get your hands on this CD, Being Happy in an Unhappy World. He's got 12 other CDs. So you literally, you put your kids in the car, drive them to school, boom, you have them inoculated the Hank Smith way. Make it part of the vacation. It's a good deal. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. Continue with us, folks. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us on Sirius XM 143. BYU Radio. Welcome back. Life is a highway, Rascal Flats. What song? What pump that up, my friend? 
This is a Disney show, Cars. No, what is it? Cars? Is it? Yes, it is. Oh, it's when they're driving in the desert, isn't it? Oh, now pump it right here. Oh! Our music. Look, he's gonna. Do you feel it? Yeah. But I'm happier. Works. <sighs> Man, Hank, that worked great. Yeah. People need to play music in their house. Hank Smith's here. He was teaching us. He's the child of the Teen Whisperer. <laughs> Clean Maybe your I room. Teen Whisperer. But honestly, you put music like that on, and you put a like a you know black uh, tour T-shirt on from some tour you've been on or gone to. <laughs> Um, pump that music up, every kid would start cleaning. Yep. Saturday morning. We're going to clean. We're going to play. Well, especially music. if they know they're cleaning. If my kids don't know we're cleaning, then yeah, they'll just be. think dad's weird. But, but <laughs> Is that what your wife does? Sean's wife does that. She pumps it up by putting on some music. Explain, Sean. Actually, she grabs a CD. Uh, maybe one of the kids have chosen the CD. Mm-hmm. And she puts it on. And they everybody starts in a different room. The song is going, you start cleaning. Clean, 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 clean. Song's done, you switch rooms. Rotate. Hey. And then you start cleaning another room. That's brilliant. That's do all the kids know what to do yes. in each room? Yep. So once one thing's done, you got to get to the next thing. Exactly. You know what? You may you might want to get uh, one of these CDs for your children. Yes, that's what I was thinking. Put that on. Although I don't sing. Well, and thank heavens. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Hank Smith is joining us. Uh, he, You've got to go find him on Facebook. He has millions of friends on Facebook, but he also has 12 really awesome kind of CD digital uh, downloadable if you right. want them. Yep. Or you can get the hard copy version, and it just is different things your teens need to know. Yeah, Amazon.com or DesertBook.com. They're everywhere. Yep. And you, that's a great point. You play a little music, and it pumps you up. I feel better because of music. What else do we do with our teens? Okay. Uh, teenagers need exercise. Tell me about uh, yeah. it. They sure do. Everyone needs exercise. Yeah. But uh, exercise is important to happiness. If you want a happy teenager, they've got to be exercising. And diet's important, obviously. Absolutely. Well. I always tell my teens, you put junk in, you're going to feel like junk. That's right. Uh, well, and, and part of it, you need to know what your teens need. So you got to learn. Right. Because some kids might be allergic to something, and you don't know, but they're irritable. And we need to just start paying attention. Yeah. Like, hey, There's every patterns. time you eat that, something yeah, something goes wrong. Why is but, your face so swollen? Yeah. And, and along with that... <laughs> Every time we make quiche, your face swells. Why do you stop breathing? Um, and along with that is going outside. A lot of people think they uh-huh. go outside, and they no. never really go outside. We go I into get our to garage. My car. Right. We get in our car. We drive outside, but we're not really outside. No. Then we pull into our work garage, uh-huh. and we go into work, and we think we're outside. Right. No. You were never really outside. No. Uh, teenagers the same way. They get on the bus and go to school, and they're inside all day, and then they get home, and they're inside. Well, the older kids aren't necessarily having recess. Right. Or PE yeah. even, really. Yeah. Uh, and maybe that's why as we get older, they, they stop being so responsive and happy. So, and, by the way, they get pasty white skin yeah. or pasty whatever color skin. <laughs> get them outside. Sun, sun produces a lot of great Absolutely. vitamins. Absolutely. Science shows that just 20 minutes. You send 20 minutes outside, you're gonna, it's going to promote cool. a keen sense of happiness. Right. Just 20 minutes going to walk. Not in the car per se. Yep. But just getting some air, getting, getting some sunlight. Outside. Even go sit. We have a picnic table at our house. For, uh, we go out and eat outside. It's a great idea. Uh, and now in the winter, that's harder. It's colder. Uh, but, but, you know, there's you know, no such thing as bad weather. Just man bad up, clothes. Yeah. Grab a coat. <laughs> We're eating outside. Uh, obviously, the, all parents know this, but uh, happy teenagers get enough sleep. Oh, that's the hard one. Yeah. 
So, and teenagers are kind of physiologically made to stay up late mm-hmm. and get up late for yeah. a while because their brain is changing and, and developing. So, it's crazy. Um, you got to find a way to get them to get enough sleep. And maybe, and we talked about this once, I think, on, on one of the shows, is trying to teach them the importance of sleep, that it's a wonderful thing. Not oh, yeah. A, not a waste of time. It's not a curse. Yeah. Um, but part of what you're teaching us here is if we have a lot of the conditions right, teens will. Have more energy. They'll be more curious. They'll right. want to learn. Have more confidence. Yeah. They'll want to. They'll be happier. Uh, those when you get enough sleep and enough exercise, those neurotransmitters in your brain are really pumping, uh, and your confidence goes up. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Your your brain is able to talk to the different parts. You know, your brain talks to different the different parts of your brain talk to each other, and you're feeling good. That's way cool. You're feeling good. We all know we feel better when we exercise. We and all know that. Honestly, we look better. Yeah. And when you look better, you feel better. Yeah. And did you know that people, even when their weight doesn't change, they feel better about their body if they exercise? Uh, is that true? Yeah. yeah. Just, well, yeah. Just, they just like they feel better about their body, even if it looks the exact same as it did last week. Mm-hmm. Well, I exercise this week. I just, right. I just feel better about my body. That's there's, cool. Yeah. There's it's something. The, I, it's the, it's the, it's all the chemistry. Yeah. We need to be outside exercising more. And I know it's hard because no, kids yeah. love video games. And they but love, there's again, there's no excuse. Yeah. I got a kid that said, I went outside once. The graphics weren't that good. Right. I mean, <laughs> it's like <laughs> it doesn't even seem real. Yeah. <laughs> So much more. It's better in HD. Uh, or one girl, what did she say to me? The outer net is scary. <laughs> the outer net. The outer net. <laughs> That's so, great. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> it's so scary. We got to have some family time outside. Outside. Yeah. We go to St. George in you know here That's in Utah. Sunville, we go yeah. to St. George during the winter months, so yeah. we can get some outside time. You go down there with all the. Uh, the silver birds. What do they call them? the snowbirds? The snowbirds that snowbirds. go down there. Do you? Um, because you you see these kids and they come into your class or they come into your activities, your workshops and stuff. And uh, do you think they're different with you than their parents? Uh, yeah, absolutely. They have their personality. With me, they'll open up a little bit uh-huh. more. Yeah, I tell them the exact same thing their parents tell them on these CDs, and they and, listen. And they're like, "Wow, that's amazing! That's brilliant!" Dad's like, "I've been telling you that for years." It's interesting too because, um, like, when I see my son in his social setting, he's like a whole different guy. Right. So I wonder if sometimes we are down on our kids because we're not seeing who they really are. Right. are. We're not seeing that side of. We kind of see who they were. Yeah, I remember when I changed you kind of thing. Yeah, and we're we're honestly we're the same way. We're mm-hmm. different at work than we are at oh, home. Oh, oh, totally. Um, we're we're not hypocritical per se, but we're we're more relaxed. That's right. Uh Well, we I don't wear bicycle shorts and uh polyester tight clothing at work, but you do at home. Absolutely. <laughs> James is yeah, right, James? for you. That's been burned into my Why? mind's eye. What's wrong with that? Oh, you know, I once biked. I, actually, everything's wrong with that, Matt. Yes, <laughs> everything. You're getting a little mouthy. Okay, well, you know, thank you for destroying my mem- my mind. <laughs> I do it for my kids because that nothing's more fun than walking out when they've got a date there and you're in your hey, spandex, sweetie. <laughs> hey, um, what? So, what else have we got to know? Okay, uh, teenagers need to see how how a, an adult accentuates the positive in a bad situation. Yeah, they need um, real life experience. Yeah, they'd be able if they can see a mom or a dad, uh, or an aunt or uncle or whoever, a teacher start to accentuate the positive, uh-huh. even though they know they're in a bad situation. So I, I'll tell them about Thomas Edison. You know much about Thomas Edison? Uh, I heard he f- he's a big failure for a while. Right. <laughs> he did okay. He finally uh, pulled it out. Right. And figured it out. But he's Mister Positive. Like was he? Uh, yeah. Like he, he loses ninety percent of his hearing. 
when he's 12 years old. And oh, wow. I didn't know that. He says to his parents, I like it. It helps me concentrate. Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, it's just Yeah, that's pretty spinning. optimistic. Yeah. And when he, you know, when people called him a failure for not inventing the light bulb to, that would be available to the general public, yeah. he was trying and trying and trying and never got to it. Uh, he said, I'm not a failure. I found over a thousand ways it won't work. That's cool. Right? I mean, it's just this spin of, I can find a positive here. And eventually he gets there. Yeah. He eventually made he made it. Uh, the big one comes when he's 67. His factory in New Jersey burns to the ground. Okay, all of his work, everything Man. goes to the ground. Two million dollars in damage, 1914. Think of two that. million in 1914. 1914. That's like right. ten billion right yeah, now. Yeah, I mean, he has. It's all gone. His his uh, son Charles comes up to him during the fire, and he's just said, oh, "I felt so sorry for him." He's just standing there watching this fire. And then he turns to him. He says, "Charles, where's your mother?" And he says, "I I don't know." He said. Find her, bring her here fast. She'll never see a fire like this as long as she lives. <laughs> right? <laughs> I was finding the positive. Was he collecting insurance right. on this? Yeah. He's <laughs> like, he, you've got to see this fire. He, he did have insurance, but it was for $250,000. Oh, man. So he, he was a little short, $1.7 million Boy. short. But, um, so the next day, his employees are all there. And he says, my friends, there's great value in this disaster because all of our mistakes are burned up. What a stud. I know. So Seriously. it's this, this way of accentuating the positive. Oh, I'd be like, who left the iron on? <laughs> I'd be so mad. Oh, so, that is petty, but that he's like he's he, finding he the positive. That's cool. Finding the positive. And if a teenager can see their parents do that, yeah. uh, they're going to be more likely to do it. That's right. Right? They're going to be more likely to emulate that. Uh, do we have more time? Yeah, we do. Can we talk about teenagers need to work in order to be happy? Well, yeah, that's for sure. Big. Talk about that. That's big. In fact, but talk up loud because right. my kids want to hear that. <laughs> Teenagers need to work in order to be happy. I know that's hard, uh, but they'll even tell you. I'll even ask them when they're away from their parents and they can be honest with me. I'll say, how do you feel after a day of doing nothing? Absolutely nothing. You just stayed home and watched Netflix all day. And they all say, oh, I felt miserable. Right? I felt like I true. wasted my life. Yeah. But in front of their parents, they're like, I love it this. Was great. Just let me, yeah, just let me watch Netflix. But uh, I noticed get when, them to work. Ah, that's hard. My dad just showed us how fun work can be and how much we can do, how productive we could be. Yeah. Uh, and, and how good we felt after we were sweating a little bit. Oh, yeah. Getting our hands in the dirt. Uh, and I honestly started to figure it out. I did feel better. I felt better when I was up and moving and It's kind of interesting working. to go through life, though, by checking how you feel. I think a lot of people have habits that don't make them feel good. Right. But we just are <laughs> – so then we just numb them. And we go right back. So we keep numbing and not feeling, numbing and not feeling. Yeah. And yet if we would just do a few things like you're saying, it could get a lot I better. I say people are a lot like rubber bands. They stretch and go, wow, I like this. And then they go right back to yeah. what they were doing before. Anyway, whatever we were doing, let's yeah. go back to that. That's sad. So here's my analogy for that. My yeah. analogy for that is using a ring. If you were to switch a ring to a different finger, it would feel really awkward for a couple, couple of days, oh, maybe yeah. even a couple of weeks. But if you stick it out, eventually that becomes your new normal. So changing a habit is that way. The f- it's sticking it out. It's those first couple of weeks that are really the – you've really got to push hard. But eventually it becomes who you are. And you can use 90 percent of your energy that first couple of right. weeks and then never think about it again. Yeah. Look at the space shuttle, right? Um, yeah. Almost 90 – what is it? 95 percent of the energy is yeah. in the liftoff. After that – Cakewalk. They're able to coast and guide themselves. Then you could the... fly and land on some comet right. <laughs> 10 years away. This is what, this is where we're headed. Did <laughs> you know, this is a funny story, that cake mixes before um, were just an add water cake mix. But they yes. found that women didn't like them because they didn't feel like they worked hard enough. So they decided to add 
What women are that? Right. Are those? That's like, Isn't that interesting? That's interesting. So, so what they did is they said, okay, we'll pull out – you're going to add the eggs and the oil and we'll bring you the mix. And then all of a sudden they take off. But in now, the 1950s, but think about it, and they need to revamp that because now it's like that's too hard to make a cake. Right? <laughs> Let's go back to we it. don't even have it. Just water. <laughs> it's true, but so sometimes we need we need the stress, right? We need to have a little exertion to get that pump. Yeah, it's it's not even so much as the product, but the process, right, is right. just as important. So, good stuff. Yeah. Good what? Stuff. Uh, give us the one thing that we need to remember. If we want healthier, happier kids. What's the one thing we should walk away oh, with? Oh, this isn't going to be anything new, but it's all about example. Uh, it always is. It always is about example. If you Blame wanna, the parents. If you want a happy, healthy teenager, be a happy, healthy parent. That's the key, isn't it? Right. That's right. Be healthy. Get outside. Drink water. They see make you. Make cake. They see you. They, it's just an example for them, right? It's a model for them to go, hey, you're happy. I want to be happy. I'm going to do what you do. That's cool. Hank Smith's his name. Motival- motivational speaking. That's yep. your game. And go online to Facebook. Check him out. It's Facebook's still online, right? Yeah, I think so. Go think check so. out. They haven't made it a... They're going to print all of it eventually. It's not a brick and mortar <laughs> yet. Hank's uh, on on Facebook. Check him out. Hank Smith. And go buy some CDs. He's one of our contributors. we got to keep him employed. Uh, <laughs> and, and tell Sarah, you know, take care of her. Yeah, I, I, I should. I she, should take care of her more. Yeah, she takes care of me. I'll take care of her. She does. We'll take a break. When we come back, we're going to have a recap. We're going to go around the horn, see what everybody's learning, making sure. I'm trying to make sure everybody on the show now is learning. Are you going to stick with us, Hank? Yeah, sure. Hang out with us, and uh, we'll be right back. More fun as we wrap up the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us right here on BYU Radio. Welcome back. We're wrapping up the show, my friends. We're putting everything in a box, taping it up, sending it to James's mother. I don't know why. Uh, in the house, still with us today, Hank Smith is sticking around. Go check him out on Facebook, Hank Smith. Just look him up. And uh, also Merritt's here along with the whole crew. Merit, I am here. The recap crew- us. Yeah, we're going to recap the show. We've talked about some really cool things today. Opa! Um, yeah, we talked about Opa. I and love I that. loved one of my favorite things that they said early on in the show was that you have to find day to day meaning. Yes. So you can have your great, you know, your meaning yeah. of life, something that you're reaching mm-hmm. for, you know, over the years. But if you don't have meaning in every day and all the little yeah. things that you do, that doesn't really help you at all. Right. So I thought that was really interesting. It made me That's think about cool. my life and how I live. Have it, you had your daily good, meaning yet? My daily meaning. You know, I think I have. I mean, I've come to work. I've talked to cool people. Is that it? Yeah. I'm going, I mean, I'm going to like this. What are you going to do tonight? I am going to a meeting with a organization that promotes uh, gender equality. There's meaning. So there you go. You're going to wrap it up with that. (laughs) Yep. Um, I also like that they said that you need to search for – we talk about searching for happiness all the time. But you don't have the happiness until you get the meaning. So you're basically – you know, you're skipping a step if you're always looking for happiness. And so you're never really going to get there. That's right. And that's Viktor Frankl. Yeah, yeah. Hello. He knows and he wrote the book on meaning (laughs) and happiness. I know, right? But it's – I guess in the end, you know, yeah, don't make necessarily happiness your goal. That's a 
byproduct. Yeah, it's a byproduct of living your life the way you should. It's good. Um, and then there's just the basic formation of OPA, which is OPA. others' purpose and attitude. Yes, which I liked. That's nice and basic. Very basic, but, but cool. it's, isn't that easy to remember? It is. Others' purpose and attitude. attitude. So if you're not feeling like your life has meaning, just it's something you can say to yourself. It's such an easy evaluation. Yeah. Go to others, cool. find your purpose. That's all you need. Get an attitude. Yeah. Lose your attitude. That sounded negative. <laughs> I also liked what you said what? in your segment Basically. about how we complicate our value systems. Oh, yeah. I thought that was super interesting. Isn't that weird? Yeah. I Why think, do we do that? I don't know. I think that we – I think most people deep down don't think they deserve the simplicity and peace yeah. and happiness that is really just barely out of their reach if they only – you know. Yeah. Move the tiniest bit, they would be able to get it. But they're not willing to do that because they're afraid they're not worthy of it. And yeah, I'm form. not good enough. So they make it complicated. They make the steps to reach it a lot more uh, hard to achieve because they just yeah. don't – they don't want to quite get there because they're afraid of success. And I it's guess. like we obfuscate it. So we create all this smoke, all of this stuff that Yeah, but really it. it's it's pretty simple. I mean and if you study any religion, it's, yeah. it's, it's very simple. If you study any value system. Oh, any value it's, system. It's, really quite simple of how to get to a point where you're feeling more peace and happiness. That's cool. So that was a cool point. Man, Merritt, you learned a lot. She's I smart. did learn a lot. I was here the whole show. Didn't learn half that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, this. She's brilliant. Even, even the stuff you said. I didn't even, I didn't even, did I, I'm like, did I say that? That was brilliant. That I was need to write that down. great. Will you write that down and get that to me? <laughs> I'll I'm going to show my wife you know. that I said that. Yeah. I'll be getting to a meme for you. Yeah, post but, it on yeah. your Facebook page. Meme it. Post it. <laughs> Hank, what did you learn today? Just in life. Oh, let's see. I mean, you've, I mean, other than learning, you know, how great it is to be on this team. Right. This is a fun team. <laughs> you think we've got fun? a great crew here. We have security now. Is we that... have to with Maddie because Maddie's leaving tomorrow. Tomorrow is, a, is tomorrow or last day? Monday. Monday's your last day. Oh, yeah. That's where we're having the party. But security now follows her. Right. <laughs> because they don't she's want to. She's going to a big yeah. TV. She's going to a big. Station, she's yeah. telling everybody that. Right. As if we're not a big. TV station. Right. We, we're like, she's like, I'm going to the big leagues now. I'm going to where the real places where the real people are. I miss her. I'm going to miss Maddie. Because who am I going to rip on? It's true. James. You're going to have to find a new scapegoat. <laughs> oh, she's crying. Oh, she's crying. See? I got sensitive. Don't worry. You have James. You can rip <laughs> on James. I wouldn't rip on James. Thank you. He's a saint. I learned that you wear bicycle shorts mm. and spandex around your house. Uh, just for the kids. Yeah. <laughs> Just when they're bringing the date over. Oh, man. <laughs> but when they bring a date over, nothing clears a house faster right. <laughs> than dad walking out in his biking shorts and shirt. I like a tight one because you know how they, they those bike, those bike, what are they called? Bicyclists? That sounds weird. Like a bike. Close your ears, James. A cyclist. A cyclist. Uh, when the cyclist walks out, I mean, they look good on a bike. It's true. But when it they're walking in tap shoes and they're tippity tap, 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 that tap, That is a tap, problem. It's awkward. It's problematic. And so I just get my shoes on and I get my um, my tight spandex clothes on <laughs> and I just walk around my house. <laughs> I, by the way, just so you know, I don't even have a bicycle. You just bought all the – I just bought the gear. The, the clothes. Because <laughs> if you have the gear, it's – you were saying it's the be- – you know, exercise. It makes you happy. Yeah. Having the gear – Makes me happy. It's pretty much the same thing. That's why I I always wear forever strong (laughs) armbands because it makes it look like I'm an athlete. (laughs) You with me? I am. I am. No, you're laughing at me. No. I don't want to be awkward, but there's an entire scout troop looking in our window right now. Wow. 
and I feel like we're at the zoo. Um, (laughs) That's cool, Mary. Don't feed the speakers. Yeah. You know, I I had one more thought of things to share, and I haven't stopped thinking about it since Hank said it, that kids laugh 300 times a day and adults only laugh 15. That makes me so sad. So outside the window, the kids are laughing a lot more than we are. Really sad. (laughs) Like deep down (laughs) inside. See, but don't be sad. Just laugh about it. Yeah, well, I think that's, that's – finding the humor in life is good, but also just to seek out things that make you laugh. I was in a, one of my film classes today and yeah. we watched a Marx Brothers movie. And oh, that yeah. had me going. That's great. Go. It's oh, great, yeah. classic, absurd humor. Carl Marx Brothers. Yeah, but we kind of – we. <laughs> I don't find that funny. Is that a different great, Marx? Great, Yeah, just <laughs> okay. a little. I'm not up no, to but speed on We write the... those things off as kind of you know childish oh, yeah. or things that we shouldn't pay attention to, not as noble, but really humor is one of the most noble things you think so man this was a good show i learned a lot that was great merit needs her own show she's fantastic merit believe me merit's gonna have her own show so's maddie maddie always wants my show <laughs> that's why we got her a job somewhere else <laughs> anyway thanks merit that was a beautiful recap we're out of here friends here's a quote for you from t.s Eliot: time you enjoyed wasting is not wasted time I like that. T.S. Eliot. Hank Smith, thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. Stay strong. Get some bicycle shorts and shirt. It'll change your life. We're gonna we're gonna we're out of here, folks. Tomorrow we're gonna have a best of show. So join us and uh, enjoy life. Remember the Opal Way. It's always about your people, your purpose, and your attitude. We're out of here, friends. Thanks for joining us. We'll talk again tomorrow. <laughs>